This is Fundraising Radio, and today's a guest speaker. We have Gianluco Guerrero, CEO at Virgilius Wealth. And in this episode, we'll mainly talk about corporate venture capital, but also we'll talk about general fundraising and how to make it structural. Because in the previous couple episodes, I got tons of positive feedback on my speakers discussing how to actually make this process more structured instead of, you know, uh, I'll send out an email to that guy, I'll send out an email to that guy. So we'll focus on that. Gianluca, let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Virgilius Wealth. Yes, thank you. Hi, Constantine. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for this interview. Uh, I came from finance. I have worked for many years as a fundraiser for international funds and asset management companies. But uh, six years ago, I founded with my partner, Virgilius Wealth. And now Virgilius Wealth is an economic research company focused in alternative assets, able to assist private investors, family offices, corporation and institution. For us, one of the alternative assets is venture capital and we help corporations that want to invest in disruptive startups and startups need to improve their funding. Mm -hmm. Guys, so basically you're connecting corporations to startups that want to fundraise, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So that sounds very similar to corporate venture capital, right? Yeah, it is exactly corporate venture capital. We have uh -huh. a corporate venture capital program for a small and medium cap. Nice. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How does this work? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we tried to launch uh, this program uh, because in our markets, uh, we are in uh, European market plus London market, uh, most important corporation, biggest corporation are involved in a venture capital investment. But at the same time, medium cap and small cap are not involved. We think that it's really, really important that uh, all kind of corporation uh, work to the theater and invest in uh, venture capital and startup Mm -hmm. This is the best way to improve their uh, technology, to improve their core business, and make uh, positive financial revenues and returns. So basically, you're enabling small corporations to invest in young startups, right? Right, exactly. That's really cool. That's... And medium corporation. Mm-hmm. That's great. And how do those investments mainly work? Do they invest solely in, uh, you know, strategic uh, in startups that strategically align with their goals, or do they just invest to to move the the, the field forward? Uh, depend, uh, depend because uh, some of these corporation uh, are looking for specific industries. Uh, in the case. Uh, uh, they invest to to have some new technology to develop some uh, product or services. They are looking for a specific kind of startup, and we work straight on the market to to scout and to discover this kind of startups. Uh, 
you know, in other way, this corporation could invest to have a, a financial investment uh, because they don't want to invest in equity or in bonds or in uh, assets uh, over mm -hmm. the world. Right. So they prefer they prefer scout the startup market. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And yeah, more and more firms are doing that. They're diversifying their portfolio and devote like five, ten percent of their finances to startup related field. That's that's great to see. Uh, but you mentioned in the beginning of the episode cross-border investing. So do you work with U.S.? Do you bring U.S. investors to some other countries or do you bring some other countries' investors to the U.S. startups? How does this work? Yeah, we work uh, with U.S.-based startup, um, especially when U.S. startup uh, want to expand their business in Europe. Uh, I think we are the right hub, an excellent bridge uh, for those uh, who want to seek investors uh, and develop their business in Europe and in London. Uh, for the investor, uh, there, there's a great opportunity because London, for example, is for uh, fintech industries and mm -hmm. blockchain industries. Right. Um, a, a very, very interesting market. Sometimes more interesting than Silicon Valley in this kind of, of, of for this kind of startup and, and investment opportunities. That may be right. Never been to London, so not sure for 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 certain. But you might be right here. So, um, I was wondering. I know that corporate venture capital is somewhat more uh, complicated than regular venture capital. And I was wondering, what sort of data should you have to even consider raising money from corporations? So, for example, I have a startup, right? You have a bunch of uh, mid cap uh, corporations here waiting to invest, right? What sort of information should I show them to, to convince them to invest? What should I have? Should I have some traction? Should I have an MVP? What should I have? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a really important point for startup and for investor too. Uh, the, the data that we, that we need as uh, investors is uh, all data that uh, are involved with growing tractions and revenue, if there are. Uh, the founder, when we speak with the founder, we expect that the founder will be most comfortable with the project data. And the founder must deeply know the market where the startup work. An investor need to understand quickly the growth of the startup, the traction of the startups, and the business model of the startup. All data that help to explain the business model better are necessary. In Italy, we say the number must turn, so they need to fit all together. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So have you ever seen that a corporation actually invests in some startup that has no revenue yet and no MVP, basically? Have you ever seen corporations invest in, like, basically idea stage startups? Yes, yeah. Depending to the startup and depending to the needs of the corporation, when we start uh, to, to job with the corporation, when we start our corporate venture capital program, we try to, to, to understand exactly what will be the needs of the corporation. In some cases, the corporation are looking for the next level for, for, for the future of the, of the startup, and they can participate to the, to the very first round of investing.
without revenues mm-hmm. or without tractions. Mm-hmm. Probably, if the if the corporation is biggest and, and, and if the corporation need a specific technology, the corporation can invest into the startup if the technology is right, without revenues and without traction at the beginning. But the, 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 the target is that the traction and the revenue will come in quickly. <laughs> right, that's true, hopefully at least. So on our pre-call, you mentioned something uh, like multi-stage fundraising campaign. What does that mean? What does multi-stage fundraising campaign mean? Yeah, uh, the, the multi-stage campaign for us is a, a, a very important strategy. Um, it, it's a campaign based on different fundraising channels, active at the same time, but managed with different style, bespoke to the different kind of investors. For example, uh, our investor could invest thanks to an equity crowdfunding platform, or thanks to an uh, institutional vehicle, for example, uh, uh, subfunds uh, or an holding company. And uh, in some cases, most of our investors are looking for token. In the beginning of the crypto hype, they're looking for a utility token. Actually, they try to understand what will be the future of security token. So mm-hmm. all these channels open together, active together, are what we call multi-stage fundraising campaign. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, keep going. Yeah, in my, in my experience, the best time to activate this, uh, this type of strategy, I, I, I'm talking for the startup, is the, the, the seed round. But uh, mm-hmm. a startup can also be adapted, for, this strategy can also be adapted for, for subsequent rounds. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. And what are the main components for the fundraising campaign? So before that, I ask you a question. What sort of information should you have on your hands to go to corporate venture capitals and try to raise money from them? What do you think are the five main pieces of that uh, you know, materials? Should it be like uh, lifetime value of the user? Should it be some uh, large business plan that outlines the future five years of the company? Or what, what do you think it should be? Well, uh, we have five different milestones, uh, and into this milestone, you can find uh, all the components to do a perfect evaluation and to have a great opinion on the opportunity to invest in startup. Uh, number one is what we call know your company. Our investors need to understand exactly the company, the business model of the company, and the business idea behind the project. Number two is what we call choose the right target of investor and the right instrument to talk with them. So my investor is expecting that startup can can have a a clear relation and and the clear storytelling to to, to show the project and to show the the, the potential future of the startup. Number three is what we call uh, the starting relation with investor. So we need to understand what will be the deal and what will be the focus of the startup and the goal that the startup want for the next year. After that, we try to arrange the fundraising. And in this case, we are looking for term sheet or a, a revenue plan to, to try to understand what, uh, what is the best way to put money in. 
And finally, my investor expecting for uh, good reports and the, and and the check of results of, of the of the round. We we need to understand exactly what are the the, the component of the of the cap table and what will be the the. The, the opportunity to stay into this cap table. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So the next question that I generally ask my investor speakers is how do you source your deals? So where do you find those deals for the corporations that you're working with? Well, yeah, uh, our team is constantly looking for startups, uh, but I think that the real force is the network. There is no public information on startups. To get inside, you must have to work with startups, leave startups, be involved in accelerator, incubators, business changer club. And also, we are advisor of many venture capital funds, and we are involved in many advisory boards. So I think this is the only way to be a part of this economy. Right, right, right. That's the general answer. So I was wondering, uh, my next question was about U.S. situation right now. So this pandemic, I know that venture capitalists are not really investing right now, while angel investors somewhat invest right now during this pandemic. How about corporate venture capitals? Do they still invest during this pandemic? Well, um, actually, there are two different types of investors. Uh, the the corporation that uh, invests for uh, uh, financial uh, uh, strategy uh, are looking for distressed startup. So they use this particular the particular season uh, to to find the, the, the best price and and the best evaluation to entering the startup and and make a big deal. Uh, otherwise, there are some corporations that are looking for startup to reinvent their business model. And in this case, I prefer this kind of investors because in this case, they are looking for a very good project and they, they are not worried about the, 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 the situation of, of coronavirus at the moment because they are looking, they are looking for the mid and long term. And they, they try to, 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 to find, to scout the best opportunity and best technology to invest in and merge this new technology with the core business of the corporation. Mm -hmm. Right, guys. So when you're saying that uh, one type of investors is trying to find like distressed, uh, distressed startups and make the best deal of it, do you mean that they find companies that are basically in desperate need of money and they put some, but for a huge percentage, do they actually acquire them or do they just own a big stake in the company then? Yeah, depends. Depends to the investor. To be honest, uh, I, I don't like so much this investor because in this case they, they they are looking for a startup that a couple of a couple of months ago had a, a great evaluation, and now for many problems all over the world they need to downsize the evaluation. In this case, in this case they try to. They try to buy a, a, a huge, a, a huge uh, sh amount of shares of this startup. But if you do that, the founder of the startup are out of the, of the project and the project can't work together. Yeah, that's definitely a downside. So now let's talk about that, the evaluation point. So how do you evaluate the startups when you present them to your uh, to the corporations that you work with, how do you make sure that valuation is correct? 
Yes, uh, this is an important point because uh, it, for disruptive startups uh, uh, where we are more experienced, there are no traditional evaluation criteria because these companies invent services, products, uh, and the market from scratch. We evaluate startup according to four different methods based uh, on the market, uh, the traction, the investment made by startup, the experience of the founders, and the several elements necessary to dialogue with the European investors. I have been working with European investors since 2005, and over time, I think I have understood the investors. That, that, that the great difference between a, a professional fundraiser and occasional fundraiser, because if you are a professional fundraiser, you, you know exactly what your, invest, your investors need and you can do a, a good valuation for the startup and at the same time for your investors. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations in terms of like uh, maybe some book to read on how to evaluate your company properly or some, some general advice on that topic? Uh, not specific. Got it, got it. I do not like not specific things, so we'll not go into that then. So here we're moving on to probably the last questions of today, today's episode, which is a call to action. Was that one specific? thing that listeners <laughs> should do after listening to this episode. Yeah, uh, well, what can I say? Uh, if there are some corporation that want to find out disruptive startup in London and Europe uh, to open new markets and invest in new businesses, must run on LinkedIn and contact me. And at the same time, if you are a seed round <laughs> startup that think of fundraising campaign in London and in Europe, go to LinkedIn and contact me one more time. <laughs> Got it. So then probably my last question would be, how do you work at uh, Virgilius Wealth? So when you're connecting a startup to a corporation, how do you make your money? How do you make the money here? Depend. Uh, when we work with the corporation, we have a, a, a program, a 12 months program. Uh, and the corporation pay has to to understand that to have advice uh, for startup investors for, for startup investment. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are a startup, uh, you can pay a success fee based on the money we we raise or, or, or on or the money you raise after our mentoring. Mm -hmm. This is this is what we do. That's fair enough. And we'll wrap it up here then. My personal call to action is go to the previous episode of Fundraising Radio and listen to this one because the previous one is about corporate venture capital as well. So if you like corporate venture capital, if you think that's a good fit for you, check the previous one out as well. And of course, I will leave the LinkedIn to John Lucas profile uh, in the description of this episode. So feel free to check it out. Thank you. Thank you, Constantine. Absolutely.